Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. I am so glad that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my guest, Talia Fisher. She is the founder of All Seated in a Barn, a horse and donkey rescue. Her passion for saving horses and donkeys is rooted in her childhood. All Seated in a Barn has given her the platform to share her passion and making a change and a difference within the horse industry. Outside of the barn, she enjoys spending time with family and her dogs. Talia, welcome. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I am so excited about this conversation, actually, because I was on your website and on your Facebook page and checking everything <laughs> out. So this journey of All Seated in a Barn started in 2018 over a glass of wine or two? Yep, or four. <laughs> or yeah, four. A <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, saw, you saw a picture of a donkey that was getting ready to be shipped out for slaughter and you and a friend decided no not going to happen to this one and a couple hours later you said you had yourself a donkey yeah it was actually my sister and we were watching the bachelorette and she was like oh my gosh you need to help this donkey because i already owned two horses that i boarded over at a friend's house and i was like no what do i need a donkey for like what am i going to do with a donkey and she's like well i don't know look how sad he looks he can't go and i was like I don't know anything about a donkey. Like I've never even met a donkey. And then an hour in and a couple more glasses of wine and I owned a donkey and the rest has been history. <laughs> so for the last, what, four going on five years now, you have been actively rescuing horses and donkeys. Yeah, we'll be, um, it'll be four years actually, April 8th. And yeah, we've just been rescuing horses and donkeys that are kind of stuck in this pipeline to try to keep them from, you know, eventually shipping out to slaughter. You know, and I don't think a lot of people even realize that that happens, that that's a it practice, and you know, and that they're shipped out to what Canada and Mexico and potentially other places um, for slaughter. And they're yeah. used to be eaten in those countries. Yeah, the donkeys, the horse meat is actually eaten quite a few places around the world. And the donkey's hide is actually used to make an incredibly popular tea in China that you can actually buy on Amazon. Oh, wow. Now, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I've got you on here because, well, that's disturbing and makes me angry, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. The donkey population has been completely decimated in Europe um, to the point where, like, you always hear of, the, like, the blood diamonds. Well, it's like the blood donkeys. They're pretty much almost extinct in Europe at this point because of trying to meet this insane demand for this tea. So now the export of donkeys out of the United States and other countries has picked up to try to meet the demand. And so you're seeing a lot of donkeys getting exported out um, through both channels to try to meet the demand in China. I did not know that. I did not. Well, all of you folks out there listening, maybe do a little research on some stuff in your spare time. And yeah. find out exactly, you know, what is going on, um, you know, and what a, well, it's just incredibly upsetting, incredibly upsetting, but it's a blessing that there are people like you who are doing what you do. So you went from this one donkey, of course, you had two horses already, you said, um, yeah. then you found yourself with the donkey and mm -hmm. four years later, how many horses and donkeys do you currently have? Well, we've rescued over 600 at this point, um, and currently we have around 200 
um, that we're managing and taking care of. Um, and then in 2021, we, we adopted out over 181 into new homes that we rescued. That is absolutely amazing that you were yeah. able to do all of that in four years. Yeah. You must it's have a tremendous support system. I wouldn't say it's tremendous. I would say it's strong. Um, so you've, may got not... a, you've got a small but mighty group of warriors right. that work on your behalf. <laughs> right. We are a small, mighty, mighty, mighty little rescue. 600 rescues, 200 you're currently managing. That's a lot. 200 yeah. large animals is a lot. How do you house them? How did you get the facilities in the area and the space to house them and take care of them? I mean, it's been a growth. We started with a small barn and that didn't work out due to the people who owned it had a falling out in their relationship. So we just got lucky where a neighbor down the street owned about two and a half acres and he wasn't using it anymore. He rented the front house out, but the whole back of the property was just sitting vacant and had a barn on it. And he had just so happened to say, if you guys ever need to, you know, use my space, just get a hold of me. And we didn't expect the falling out of that relationship, but when it happened, we didn't have anywhere to go. So I made that phone call and asked if we could rent it. And so like Noah's Ark, we uh, left one property and Noah's Arked it down the street and moved into a second. <laughs> and then we just ran everything out of that one location. And then I happened to be out on a horse ride and I ran into a friend of mine who I had known, you know, 10 years ago in the restaurant industry. And he just so happened to live across the street from that barn. Um, his dad had owned the property and had been put in a home. So now he owned about three acres and was not using the back of the property either. So he said, Hey, if you guys ever need to rent out the back of the property, just let me know. I don't use it. And I just live in the house. Well, fast forward several months, I found myself at an auction for the very first time in Texas. Um, and it's an auction that's actually owned by one of the largest exporters of horses and donkeys to Mexico for slaughter. And we rescued around 72 horses and donkeys at that auction. I didn't have anywhere to put them. So I had to call that friend and say, Sue, <laughs> I have a bunch of horses and donkeys that I need to put on your property. And so we brought them back. Luckily, I was very blessed with a lot of rescues came forward to offer to take some of them into their sanctuaries and their facilities. And the next month we went back and rescued 83 at that same auction and so one property became two properties and several fosters and we got offered another property to rent which turned into another massive 93 horse and donkey rescue in november of 2020 so then then we had three properties and then we just shut down two of them and moved out to one large property that we bought um august 1st so we have our, they're everywhere, but we currently are operating off of our own two facilities and we're about to move into our third February 1st and then our fourth on March 1st. Awesome. And so you've, you've actually bought your own property. Yeah, we were able to finance a nine acre, um, like barn equestrian facility here in Shafter. Um, we got very blessed with a friend of mine offered to play bank as long as we pay them back, obviously, like you would have to pay a bank back. So you know, we make the monthly mortgage payments and then in five years we'll own this property outright. What an amazing journey. What an <laughs> amazing journey. It has been. And how incredibly rewarding. Now, did you have a full-time job before you were doing this? And I'm assuming you do this now full-time or? Yeah, so I was, I had a full-time job. Um, I actually worked in the wine, beer and liquor sales. So 
I worked for the third largest distribution company in the state of California, building brands, um, you know, from restaurants, liquor stores, grocery stores, hotel, um, big box chain stores. And I got an email one day from my boss in 2020 in February that said, uh, you can pick your job or you can pick your nonprofit, but you can't do both. And I read the email and the next morning I sent in my, my two weeks notice and the following week after my two weeks notice and I was no longer employed, I guess at that point, uh, COVID hit and shut everybody down. So it ended up where I would have lost my job essentially anyways. And it's just the way the cards were dealt where then I was straight into this nonprofit full time, just living off of my savings account and one thing led to the next and now it's literally full-time, full-time. <laughs> yeah, probably more than full-time. <laughs> more than full-time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, sure. an ama- what an amazing journey. So now that you know, you've got your, your property that you've purchased and you're paying off on and you have these other facilities that you are able to utilize, what do you see like in the next three years? What, do you have a, a goal that mm-hmm. you want to reach? Yeah, so we have our... Um, kind of like our 10-year plan um so we we recently acquired 22 acres in texas um that was actually gifted to the barn so we will own that property outright as well it's raw land but it has three spring-fed ponds on it for water and so within the united states there's not it's it doesn't like with with cats and dogs you know you have the animal control that kind of manages that there's no one managing horses So although animal control can take in horses that have been seized or owner surrendered, they don't necessarily have the facilities or the experience with their staff to handle large animals. So what we're finding is we're taking in more and more of these animal control horses. So the grand plan of us is is to eventually grow to become that outlet for everyone, for horses, where it's not just for animal control, but if someone's looking to purchase a horse to bring into their family, they come to us because A, they know these horses have been vetted, they've been assessed, we're being 100% truthful, you know what you're getting, but B, it's also a safe landing for these horses that are ending up in really bad situations. And there's this thing called the SAFE Act that if it passes, it's gonna ban the export of horses out of America for slaughter. But the flip side of that coin is, I can't wait for that to be passed, but terrifying at the same time, because if that passes and when that passes, where are all these horses going to go? Like now you have, and I hate to say it because this is a horrible analogy, but someone used the term, if you have, you know, every week you have the trash company picking up everybody's trash. If that trash truck stops coming, then the trash builds up and where is it going to go? And it's the same thing. You know, we have all these horses that people just will end up abandoning on the side of the road they'll abandon them in fields. The whole system's gonna get overwhelmed and no one's gonna have an option. So we're trying to become this option that gets in place within the next five to 10 years where we can work with animal controls around the, hopefully the country at some point to give these horses a space and a place that is a soft landing for them to eventually hopefully be a jumping board into a better home. That's an, an, a lofty goal and I have no doubt that you will achieve it. I have no doubt that you will achieve it. How have you been able to get the word out? Like, so you say you've got some property now in Texas, which is, you know, obviously not California. 
How is it that you're reaching these people? Is this through your social media or do you actually reach out and send out, you know, for looking for sponsors or donations? How, how is it that you're able to reach these folks? It's all through social media, honestly. We have a lot of incredible people who have been following our journey since the very beginning. And they can see that we're 100% transparent and we're working our butts off. Um, they see that we're not just working our butts off, but we're actually like making a difference. We're educating people, we're inspiring change. I mean, this industry has gone unchanged for so long. Like, if you think about it, there's always just been horse rescues. That's about as far as you think but there's never been anyone actually trying to get in there and make a difference in these horses, like in the industry, like great, you have horse rescues everywhere, but if there's no change, then you're always just gonna have horse rescues. And there needs to be a change put in place that changes something. So we're trying to really get out there and educate and show videos and show pictures and show facts and just build awareness. Our followers have really been such incredible rocks and incredible like extensions of us allowing and opening doors that individually we could never make happen but with everyone working together we're accomplishing a lot very very quickly and you have done a tremendous amount in a very short amount of time and i don't know you know maybe a lot of folks don't know just what it takes to just simply form a nonprofit. Yeah. All of that, you know, that's outside of all the work that you're doing, but just to get a, a 501c3 established, you know, legally established in grants and donations, that's completely outside of what your actual mission is, which is, you right. know, rescuing horses and donkeys. Folks don't realize just how much work, how much effort goes into all of that stuff on the back end. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I only know it because I founded a, a, a nonprofit myself for veterans here where I live. Wow. And so a friend of mine, we were co-founders and it was just, it was just a tremendous amount of work. And it's so much work to keep the donations coming in the funding that, you know, that's, oh. that's a, that's a full-time job right there. Just trying to keep funding coming in. Um, so hard. No, I know. I know. So I, you know, my goodness, I give you all the praise, all the praise for, keeping at it and really, you know, just going full bore on your mission. Cause obviously this is your passion and this is what you're meant to be doing. Completely. This is awesome. So I, I have no doubt that you will, this is going to spread across the country, you know, and I'm so glad that I'm able to give you just my platform to help spread the word. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. What you're doing, where Thank can you. folks find you like online or your social media? Where can they find you so they can learn more and maybe follow and keep, keep tabs on your journey and maybe help out. Um, they can find us on our, obviously their social media, like Facebook and Instagram. We also have our website, um, all seated in a barn.com. Um, it's all seated in a barn on Facebook. It's all seated in a barn on Instagram. And then they can reach out through any of those platforms. Awesome. So folks, all you out there listening, I sincerely hope that you at least take a few minutes to check out their social media or their website, allseatedinabarn.com. So you're the founder. Now on your website, I did notice that you have other folks that are like your, your main core of people. There's a couple other co-founders. Yep. My sister is one of them. She was the instigator with the bottle of wine and the TV show. Um, <laughs> and then a friend of mine, Jen, who she's a huge animal lover and hard worker. And then we've got Leanne, who's been here since the beginning. 
volunteering and just helping with everything like volunteers and you know giving people the tours to meet the animals and running events and birthday parties and just helping literally with everything um there's a lot and then obviously there's a lot more people than that but it's a it's a, an interesting strong little group <laughs> and, and and that's what you need that's what you need for for nonprofits. You you have to get those folks, and everybody has a, a good skill set that they're good in. So you know, my my philosophy is within a nonprofit. Hey, I can't do as well at this as you can. You take this ball and you run with it. This is now right. your baby. You do your thing. So it sounds like you've got a really good, strong group of people. Do you know, or at, on average, how many volunteers do you have that help you out? Um, it's not as many as you would think. Like we have, I would say 30 strong volunteers who come out monthly, whether that be five days a week, four days a week, um, seven days a week. Um, and then outside of that, then, you know, we'll have the people who come out once every couple months from out of town. So it just depends, but I would say like definitely a solid 30. Um, and then outside of that, it's a lot of just people coming out as they can, when they can. So how do you take care of, um, the vet visits and stuff. Do you have veterinarians that, that donate their time or? I wish. <laughs> I, know, uh, I know. Wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> yeah. No, we, so the vet, actually we have our, the farrier and the dentist comes out every Tuesday. Um, our vet's out about three times a week. We also have the vet in Texas and we have a quarantine facility in Texas. Um, that's always on call as needed. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, every day you know there's always something when you have this many horses and donkeys there is always something that is happening going on that you're going to have to address and take care of right right so those vet bills would mount up then quickly yeah they're between eight and ten thousand a month that's a lot it is a lot <laughs> horses need it you know like we get a lot of the horses that people are discarding because they have cancer and they don't want to pay that bill to have the cancer removed and if someone doesn't remove that cancer that horse's life is going to end real short so we end up picking up a lot of these cases at the auctions and the kill pens that it's not the horse's fault they just right. need someone to help them and give them a little helping hand so that they can you know be set up for success for the next 10 15 years yeah you know, what i'm just i'm blown away actually by by your mission and your heart for it and you know of course your, your core group of people and all your volunteers what an amazing thing that you're all able to just come together on this same mission to do this. You know, you've got folks that are, you know, passionate about um, rescuing dogs and rescuing cats. And very rarely do you hear about horses and donkeys, honestly. It's always, that's what you see typically on mainstream social media or television or anything is the dogs and the cats. And right. I love, I love all animals. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not downing anybody, you know, you're, you do you follow your passion and if there's something out there that needs rescued and you're able to do it you know um my passion is dogs but you don't hear you you don't hear about horses and donkeys the large animals right or cows or anything like that you know and i think it's if you know it's out of sight out of mind no one thinks about it so you don't know about it you know and right I'm, I'm so pleased that I was able to have you as a guest today to, to help you get the word out on this. Um, and I hope it helps a little bit. Just, you know, if, if for nothing else, awareness. Um, there's so much that we're not aware of. And the world is so negative right now. And what you're doing is such a positive thing. You're just spreading light, you know, and, and giving 
a soft spot for these these beautiful animals to right. to land you know and that's what people want too you know and i think animals deserve that just as much just as absolutely. much absolutely and in the horse industry it's hard because there's a lot of the horse industry that they don't want you to know about and no one's ever been able to really expose it and show it and talk about it and so you know, we're the ones actually getting in there, taking the videos and filming things that no one else is filming or getting pictures and videos of and saying, look, this is reality. This is what's happening. They just don't want you to know about it. And um, we actually had a, a radio interview with or a phone interview with the Canadian Defense Coalition for Horses. And they're not a rescue, but they're actually a nonprofit that their goal is to just sue the government constantly in Canada to help stop the export of the horses alive to um, Japan for slaughter. So their goal is just to, you know, instigate change and pass bills and get legislation. And they were actually shocked about a lot of the videos and footage that we have, because this is why it has never been shown is typically these kill pens, these places don't let you in. And we, for some reason, through just communication and talking, and we don't go in with this negative, like you are a horrible person. It's more like, Hey, we're, we're, we're here. Thank you for letting us in. What can we document? What can we take pictures of? And then those pictures can lead to, you know, um, a description and a topic that maybe we're not allowed to take a picture of, but it's a segue, it's a gateway in, and we're not pissing people off, but we're using relationships we don't like to have to make a difference, which is where, what needs to happen. And that's a very difficult thing to do. It would be difficult to not let your heart and anger overrule at right. times, I am sure. Right. Yes. There's a lot of times where the, the blinders have to go up and you got to think about something else. Otherwise, you're going to say something that probably isn't going to be in the best interest of anything you're trying to accomplish. I, you know, I can, and I can, I can't even imagine, you know, where you've gone and what you've seen and, and the folks that you've talked to, what maybe excuses they may use. I have... You know, I have no idea for doing what they do, but I would not be able to sleep very well. How do you sleep? I actually sleep at night. I do sleep and I sleep hard. <laughs> well, it's because you're working your ass off all day long yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I have such a focus on what I'm trying to accomplish that I take the things that I see and the things that I don't like and that make me upset and angry. And I just use it to further drive me and propel me and inspire me. So that's like where like, some people maybe couldn't sleep at night or it would just be festering. I just take it and it's like someone pouring gasoline on my fire. It's like, I see it, but it only makes my fire even bigger. Um, right. And that only pushes me more. And you know, you'd have to, you would have to have that mindset. You would have to have that mindset. Otherwise yeah. it would be very difficult each day. And to know though, at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror and say you did your darndest and you were able to rescue this many this day or this many last week and we have this new facility now i mean it's just you're tossing nuggets of light everywhere and you know a lot of folks might not know about it yet right but they will they will 100 percent. i am i am so excited about your mission and and to get the word out i know i said that two or three times already but this is this has been fascinating and thank you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with me to, to share your passion and your mission with me. Cause I certainly want to help you get the word out and I will do the best I can on my end, but all of you out there listening, you know, please once again, go to her, her website, all seated in a barn. 
And if you feel so led, then learn more about her and her mission and her group of folks that are helping her. And, you know, see if there's a way that you can help out. You never know. And it doesn't necessarily have to be donations of money or time if you don't live near her. It could be ad space somewhere. Right. On, on the radio. Or so we tell people, even doing just a fundraiser on social media, I mean, $20 is a bag of grain, but $20 is a bag of grain. So even if that's all you raise, like, that's more than enough. Exactly. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that you could do to help, even if it's a simple share on your social right. media. Right, right. So keep all that in mind, all you listeners, now that I'm, you know, guilting <laughs> you into doing all of this. <laughs> Talia, thank you so much for spending time with me. I would love to have you on again in a few months. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe towards like mid to late summer. I want to see where you're going and how things are going and, you know, just to help you continue to spread the word. So let's definitely keep in touch. Absolutely. And, you know, God bless you for everything that you and your crew, your mighty warriors are doing. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. And I'm, I'm so, so blessed that you were a guest on my, my show today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. And I look forward to in a couple months or whatever to come back and update you on everything going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely want to help you continue to keep the word out there. This is, yeah, I'm excited. And I'm excited to see where your journey takes all of you. Good. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce with my guest, Talia Fisher, today, hailing from California, an amazing mission with All Seated in a Barn. My name is Kim Langling, your host. Thanks again for tuning in. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.